Welcome back to the RMD podcast from Reverse Mortgage Daily, hosted by me, RMD editor Chris Clow. In this show, we speak with reverse mortgage business leaders, professionals, government officials, and thought leaders to provide listeners with the pulse of the reverse mortgage industry and all of the business and regulatory realities which affect it. In this episode, I'm joined by Omar Inabe, the co-founder and branch manager of Orange, California-based NCAR, to discuss what it means to be finding the reverse mortgage business's new normal as we press on in the very turbulent business year that 2023 is proving to be. We discuss how larger issues like swings in the rate environment, the exit or consolidation of major reverse mortgage lenders, and ongoing educational issues are impacting the way that NCAR does business, as well as touch on what the hopes for the rest of the year are looking like for Omar and his team right now. Hope you enjoy it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this very special behind-the-scenes look at the recording of the RMD podcast, the official monthly podcast of the reverse mortgage industry's most trusted news source, Reverse Mortgage Daily. I'm Chris Clow, the editor of RMD and host of the podcast, and I want to welcome all of our exclusive HW Plus community members on Circle. Today, I'm going to be joined by Omar Anabe, branch manager and founder of NCAR, a reverse mortgage lender based in Southern California. And just to reiterate, we are live on circle with the actual podcast recording slated to hit all of the podcast platforms sometime in the next few days but um we're just going to roll right into our discussion here as we normally do on the podcast but thank you everyone for tuning in and be sure to keep an eye on circles hw plus community for more events like this one featuring all kinds of authoritative voices on housing so with all of that being said Omar, thank you very much for joining me on this episode of the RMD Podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Chris. Oh, much obliged. Well, uh, Omar, since this is your first time on the RMD Podcast, uh, do me a favor and talk a little bit about yourself and your role at NCAR. What is it that NCAR does exactly, and why has it made its home in the reverse mortgage business? Uh, Sure. So uh, my name is Omar Inavi. I'm one of the founders of NCAR, Inc., um, we made reverses our home uh, in 2014 um, as entrepreneurs because there was a demand in the market and we thought there was a shortage of people that did reverses uh, and we, we noticed there was a big gap between the number of people that needed a reverse and the number of people that uh, were providing reverses. Um, and I mean, that was a great move for us uh, as entrepreneurs and it's, it's gone very well for us and we've climbed the rankings and now one of the top 10 reverse mortgage lenders in the country. Uh, you could say I was in the right place at the right time. Um, my experience and my career path just kind of led me to reverse mortgages. Um, you actually did an origin story on me a few years ago. Uh, I think you called me the Slumdog Millionaire. I, I gave you the reference of Slumdog uh, Millionaire yeah. because the movie depicts a character that's just always in the right place at the right time. He wasn't a very smart guy, but he won the show, wants to be a millionaire. Um, because he had the answers to the specific questions they were asking him. And it's the same thing with us. Um, I think we were just in the right place at the right time. My life led me to understand uh, mortgages and reverse mortgages specifically. Yeah, so, I mean, as we've talked about a lot on this show and, and elsewhere, certainly, uh, it's not like you have a lot of kids on playgrounds that uh, look to be reverse mortgage professionals when they grow up. But there's so many different and varied paths for people to get into this business. 
what would you say it is about the reverse mortgage business that interests you and that, that keeps you coming back and, and now being a, a, a big player in it as, as the head of NCAR? Yeah, well, I got into the finance realm or finance industry uh, wanting to be a stockbroker or investment advisor. Um, I wanted to help people plan their retirement, uh, do, you know, do financial planning. I even got all my credits to become a certified financial planner. Um, that was my objective. But as soon as I broke in to the space, as soon as I got, a, I landed a job uh, at a company called Ameriprise, I realized that your first five, six years in the business, they really put you with clients that don't have a lot of assets. You know, the, the million dollar clients that walk in the door are going to get sent up to the guys that have been with the company for 20, 30 years. Um, so what I realized pretty quickly on in my career was that, um, you know, these people that were coming in, they didn't really have a lot to invest or they didn't really have a lot to, uh, for me to help them plan. But the one area where they lacked a lot of, of guidance was with their mortgage. Um, and a lot of them were getting very, very close to retirement. Um, so that's what kind of led me to learn more about the reverse mortgage um, in general, um, understand how it worked, understand uh, the benefits, the, the pros, the cons, uh, the costs, uh, you know, the process of, of getting a reverse mortgage. Um, and, and I just, I fell in love with the space. I, I mean, it just, it grew on me and it, it, I really enjoyed speaking with clients that were at that stage in their life where they were planning their future, uh, you know, what, what is supposed to be their golden years. Um, and I think that's, that passion is distributed throughout the entire company. Like we look to hire people that have a high level of empathy, a high EQ, uh, not IQ, but EQ, um, that share the same passion for the product that I do. Yeah, certainly. Well, and I mean, that's kind of a common denominator that I hear from a lot of people who have not, or who have gotten into the business. It's really the senior clients that make a big difference. It, it comes with a whole different set of, uh, of concerns and priorities when you're dealing with people who are trying to facilitate uh, cash flow in their later years. So that certainly tracks with a lot of what I've heard. But of course, I think the idea of having that sort of higher uh, level of empathy for their situations would certainly be valuable in the reverse space. But um, you know, the reverse mortgage business, as you well know, is no stranger to change. But it usually comes kind of from the top down in terms of the policy of the home equity conversion mortgage program on the part of FHA and the HUD. But the past few months have seen a rapid rise in the number of changes to the business and not from the usual places like FHA. Um, you know, the most read story on RMD last year, even though it was published in December, was about the bankruptcy of reverse mortgage funding, which at the time was the fifth biggest lender in the space. And then, of course, industry leader AAG is currently in the process of being acquired by Finance of America. What do these larger changes in the broader industry mean, not just for you as a reverse mortgage professional taking the temperature of what the market is like, but also for a company like yours? Um, I mean, the big guys just got bigger, uh, you know, with the absorption of a lot of the RMF staff uh, to Mutual of Omaha, you know, they increased their size. And then with AAG kind of merging too far, they've increased their size significantly. Um, 
So I would say, you know, Goliath just got even bigger in that sense. But uh, I think the one advantage that we have as smaller players in the space is um, it's a lot easier to navigate through rough terrain or unfamiliar territory. Um, I heard a quote once, I, I don't know who to credit, but uh, it's a lot easier to turn a cruise sh uh, or a speedboat than a cruise ship. Um, and so I think that that's the one advantage that we have. Um, this is, you know, unfamiliar territory, a global pandemic, uh, you know, these record level of inflation, uh, record level of interest rate hikes. So I think that as we move forward, um, the advantage for the smaller players in the space, and I still consider myself a small, smaller player than the top five, you know, big companies out there, um, is that, yeah, it's a little bit easier to navigate. Um, so through these unfamiliar territories and make changes, you can implement changes a lot faster. You can uh, change your marketing a lot quicker. Uh, so I think that that's one of the um, changes that that we'd like to make this year to, to take advantage of these new, new, um, just these new market conditions. Yeah, well, you mentioned some of those uh, new market conditions as it uh, affects borrowers specifically, you know, with higher levels of inflation. Obviously, that increases the cost of living, which uh, older people tend to be very sensitive to since many of them live on a fixed income from something like Social Security or in some cases, maybe pension benefits. Um in that respect, what do you make of the reverse mortgage value proposition right now? Do you think that the industry has a strong argument to make in this generally volatile lending climate? Or is there maybe more the industry could be doing to make the case to seniors, keeping in mind all of these larger economic factors that are in play? Um, I think the value proposition remains the same. Um, so I think that seniors uh, still, there's a, a ton of benefit to using equity versus using cash uh, to pay for your expenses or to live a better retirement. Um, however, what has happened is that with rising rates, um, it's significantly, significantly lowered the, the PL uh, across the board for all clients. So um, that means less people qualify. That means there's less money to lend out. Um, so, but I, I think the value proposition, which of, of everything that a reverse mortgage can do for um, its client or for its borrower, um, is, is still the same. If anything, it's stronger now, right? Like if you think about what a dream scenario would have looked like for us, like man, well, man, if things just got way more expensive, people would be, uh, you know, they'd have to do a reverse. Well, that kind of happened, you know. Man, if equity just hit all-time highs. Uh, and people needed to tap into their equity, reverses would be amazing. Like, and that's exactly what happened. Home values have actually stayed pretty steady. Uh, home values haven't crashed like everyone anticipated last year. Um, so I think that this is a dream scenario. Um, I do think that we as an industry need to innovate. Um, you know, I, I just got off a call with uh, FAR that's coming out with the second, a home safe second, a second mortgage. I think that's pretty innovative. Um, I think the FHA can do some stuff to uh, make the product a little bit easier to qualify for. Uh, for example, I think we should all lobby the FHA to uh, let us allow us to pay off debt um, to, to qualify for the loan. That would help. And every other loan that I can think of uh, allows you to pay off debt to qualify, except for the reverse mortgage, the HECM. Um, you know, maybe there's a way they can increase the PLs uh, now that they've been collecting a lot of extra premium. I don't think the MMA fund is actually losing money anymore. Um, so maybe they can increase the PLs as opposed to 
playing with the cost of the insurance, which they've done in the past. Maybe they leave the cost of the insurance the same, but increase the PL, so take on a little bit more risk. That might be something smart to do. Um, so I, I think that that is uh, some of the things we can be doing as an industry to make the case better for seniors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, when it comes to NCAR specifically, how have things been over the past uh, few months in terms of like the ending of 2022 and now the beginning of 2023? Have you guys seen the same kinds of volume challenges that most of the industry has since September or October when the refi boom really dried up and, and things went down kind of across the board? Or how are you guys reacting to developments that we've seen in the industry since then, really? Yeah, um, volume is down uh, significantly, um, but we do see things starting to get a little bit better. Um, the last six months have been tough, uh, but we've made a lot of changes at NCAR. We've scaled back our staff. Uh, we've scaled back our, our exposure to risk. Um, so I think we've made a lot of smart moves to kind of survive this market. Uh, it feels a lot like a prolonged um, 2018. So if you recall back in 2017, um, there were some changes uh, towards the end of the year in October. Um, and uh, the end of 2017 and the beginning of 2018, a lot of, a lot of companies had to reinvent themselves, had to relearn the market again. Uh, and that's essentially what we're doing again. So this is, it feels like the exact same thing where we're kind of reinventing ourselves uh, for this new market environment. Uh, but this time, it's a little bit longer. I think it's going to last a little bit longer than it did in 2017, 2018. So. Time will certainly tell. Um, if you had to guess, uh, how do you think business is going to play out through the rest of the year, both for you guys specifically at NCAR as well as for, for the broader industry? Um, I mean, pricing seems to be clawing back, uh, so that's a positive sign. Um, you know, Around September, October, November of last year, uh, it got so bad that writing loans wasn't feasible. Um, and we had some very scary conversations of whether or not we wanted to even keep our doors open. Uh, but luckily, things did start to turn around uh, towards December, January. Um, we started to notice some pricing improvements. Uh, the volume is starting to pick back up, uh, not so much in fundings, but we are noticing an increase in the number of applications. Um, I think partly, you know, having it come all at the end of the year was, was bad too, right? Because November, December, you do always, even in good market environments, you see applications dip down. Everyone wants to wait till after the holidays. So it was that in conjunction with the rising interest rates, in conjunction with the lowering of the PLFs, in conjunction with uh, pricing being bad. It was just a culmination of bad events all in November, December. Um, but I see 2023 kind of just being like, you know, uh, uh, a break-even year uh, for us in terms of profitability. I don't think um, we're going to see the industry grow because the feds are raising rates, you know, a little too fast uh, for, for the PLs to kind of keep up. Um, but I, I think that the demand is as high as ever. I, I think that there's still a ton of people that need this product. So if um, the people that develop products are innovating the way FAR just did with the Home Safe Second, or um, if there's a competitor out there that sees an opportunity, I think that that could be very positive uh, change for the reverse mortgage market. And I also think that the FHA can do a little bit more to make the product um, more appealing to seniors because there is a, a very, very high demand for this product. Mm -hmm, sure. Is there any particular place that you're seeing that demand 
be more pronounced? Would you say that California is continuing to sort of lead the ship? And obviously you guys are, are, are based there, but I know you can operate in, in multiple states. But is California really the sort of ground zero for the potentially rising demand that you're starting to see? Yeah, um, I would say so. Yeah, California housing is insane. I, I mean, you know, I, I'm in my 30s, uh, late 30s. Um, and I, man, a lot of my friends that haven't bought a home yet that make really good money just can't afford to buy a home anymore. It's, you know, the smallest tiny shack uh, is, you know, almost a million dollars here in California. And so uh, bad for people trying to get into the home market, but very good for seniors that have a ton of equity, a ton of appreciation over the last 10, 15 years. Um, and not a lot of cash, you know, so a lot of them are house rich and cash poor. Um, so, and we see that across the country, but especially here in California where they just have, you know, 600, $700,000 of equity and they're living on $1,500 a month on social security. They don't have a lot in their 401k. They don't have a lot in their IRA. Um, so it's an opportunity there for them to better their lives, uh, make their finances much stronger, uh, become more independent, uh, you know, really make their golden years golden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. Well, you alluded to the idea that um, that you're starting to see things uh, come up a little bit. And analysts who speak to RMD on a pretty regular basis say that some of the earliest signs that they can see show volume beginning to creep back up, particularly among new to reverse customers. You know, the, the, the refi wave is well and truly dead at this point. I think that's uh, pretty evident based on the sort of the data and performance metrics that we see. Um, is your experience in sort of starting to see things creep back up uh, focused on new to reverse customers or people who have engaged with the product before? No, uh, absolutely. Uh, we've, I think everyone uh, has shifted towards traditional loans to the Heckam product or to the reverse product in general. So we're not marketing to Heckam to Heckam anymore. Um, we're not marketing for even Heckam to Jumbos or Heckam to Proprietaries as, as much as we were in the past. I think that the space that's the best for consumers and for us alike is, is kind of that traditional to Heckam space, and we're targeting uh, kind of borrowers under 75, um, you know, newer to retirement, uh, trying to figure retirement out. So we think that that is the sweet spot right now. Sure. And for people who might not be uh, familiar with the dynamics of the business, what would you say are the biggest differences between going for those new to reverse customers and going for people who have already engaged with the product before? Because I imagine that refi business is easier, but that new to reverse customers might end up being a, a better bet in the long run. But how do those things play out from your perspective? Yeah, um, I mean, you, spot on. You you hit it right on the on the head. Um, new to reverse customers is a tougher sale. Um, I think that when you're so used to making a payment and we're so, you're so used to doing things a certain way, to all of a sudden change. You know, maybe for the last forty years or fifty years, you've had a mortgage payment, um, and you've refinanced, you've pulled cash out, you've consolidated debt, um, you've you've made decisions in your life, but it's always reverted back to kind of the traditional approach, 30-year fix, the 15-year fix, the home equity line of credit. Um, so with traditional to reverse clients, um, it's just mind-blowing to them that they no longer have a mortgage payment anymore. Um, so uh, it, it's a tougher sale, um, but 
you know, these are our clients for life. I mean, you definitely build a stronger relationship with them. They remember you a lot more. Um, but it does take longer to uh, go from start to finish. A, a Heckam to Heckam refi might be 30 to 60 days. And uh, it's not uncommon for a traditional to reverse re, uh, you know, refinance to be closer to six months, like three to six months, uh, just because of the time it takes for them to talk to their family, uh, maybe consult with their, uh, you know, legal counsel, consult with their financial advisor. Um, so these things take time. You mentioned uh, at the beginning of our conversation the importance of empathy, for instance. And uh, I guess something that I'm curious about, when you look at that difference between the new-to-reverse customers and the refi customers, do you find that new-to-reverse customers are surprised at the level of consultation that reverse mortgage professionals provide them throughout the process? That that must also be kind of a part of the, maybe not as much of as leaving behind a mortgage payment, but they might not be used to uh, to that kind of uh, high touch attention that uh, they don't really get on the forward side. If I were to guess, yeah, um, you know, we don't find that uh, to be the case. Um, I, I don't know um, that we experience that a lot. Uh, we feel like our customers are pretty comfortable with the level of touches that they get. I mean, uh, we're very good about uh, doing our due diligence up front, um, and then you know, spending a lot of time with them, understanding their goals, their needs. Um, I think when they come to us, um, we take more of a consultative approach. So we're not trying to pitch a product down their throat. We're just really trying to understand their situation um, and, you know, kind of understand what their needs are and then identify their goals and build on that and then show them how the heck can fit into their comprehensive financial plan. Um, So we're not just, when they call in, well, let me tell you about the reverse. No, it's like, well, before I tell you about anything, let's understand your your finances. Let's understand what's going on. Can you tell me a little bit more about what do you spend your money on? How much money are you left with at the end of the month? Uh, you know, if you had more money left over, what would you do with it? Uh, so understanding those things help us um, develop a financial picture. Uh, and you could say that that comes from my experience in financial planning. And I think that we've disseminated that pretty well amongst our staff about our approach and the way we uh, you know, touch our clients. So it's, I, I don't think people are overwhelmed with the level of touches um, or or the level of service that we provide. I think they actually like it. And we, we tend to build very long relationships with our clients. Sure. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was, what I was trying to, to get at is from what I understand, talking to a lot of originators, seems like customers are usually delighted by the greater interest that reverse mortgage professionals take in their affairs, as opposed to the forward side, which can be a process that moves a little bit faster, right? Yeah. yeah. You know what? I mean, maybe it speaks to a uh, even greater topic. Um, like mortgages play such a vital role uh, in someone's finances. Um, and I think financial advisors and financial planners in general, they focus so much on assets that they forget about liabilities. Like they forget about people's debts, um, even their credit cards. Like no one, no financial planner that I know of will sit down and help a client pay off their credit cards faster or refinance their credit card debt. Why? Because there's no money in that. Um, So they focus on managing their assets. Oh, well, let's get your assets in this mutual fund or let's put them in this investment over here. Let's buy an annuity uh, using this money here. Um, But many financial planners forget that there's, you know, two sides to a net worth calculation. It's assets and liabilities. Um, And I think that um, even in my days working as a financial planner for Ameriprise and Fidelity Investments, um, 
I do think that that financial planners don't focus on the debts. You know, they don't ask many of their financial, if you were to ask a financial advisor, well, can you tell me what rate your client has on their mortgage? I think most of them would say, I don't know. You know, I don't know what rate they have on their mortgage. You know, I don't know if there's an opportunity there to help them increase their cash flow. Um, so that is one thing that us, uh, we can be doing better as a society is maybe financial planners should have a better understanding of mortgages and then maybe we should have a better understanding of their side of the business too. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Uh, very understandable. Well, um, you know, in the, the wake of the refi booms dissipation, I guess I'm just kind of generally curious. Do you think the industry is doing enough right now to keep business moving before you had mentioned, um, potentially like lobbying FHA for certain policy changes, but I mean, that's kind of out of the industry's hands specifically. Do you think the industry itself is doing what it can to keep things moving in this sort of new normal that we're settling into? No, um, no, I don't. I think that we, we can be doing more. I think that we should be doing more to, um, innovate, uh, educate. Um, so I think the industry can be doing a better job. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. I think that's actually a feeling that a lot of reverse mortgage professionals have. That's something that always surprised me when I jumped into covering this business for the first time is that everybody had pretty clear eyes about what was being done and things that still needed to be done, particularly on the educational front. It definitely seems like a high priority across every level of the reverse mortgage business, which is pretty understandable. Um, something else I'm curious about, especially given your position at NCAR, when you bring new people into the fold, um, do you find it best to source people who are specifically versed in, uh, in the, the mechanics of the reverse mortgage business? Or do you feel like it might be a, a better path to convert forward only people to reverse or to at least incorporate reverse into their product mix? What do you think of that? So um, actually neither. Uh, so we at NCAR uh, have really, really good luck uh, finding people with no mortgage experience whatsoever. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, we look for people with a high level of empathy and with a high EQ, um, good listeners, um, people that are great at, at taking feedback. Um, and there's even techniques during our interviews when we're, when we're hiring um, that, you know, with the types of questions and examples that we give them, we want to see how they take the feedback that we provide them. Um, so yeah, we, we go after a lot of people with no mortgage experience and we train them from the ground up. Um, so our experience with people in the forward world, um, it, we have, you know, we have occasionally hired people that have forward experience. We have occasionally hired people that have reverse experience, but, um, we feel like a lot of times they have very bad habits that are very hard to break. Um, a lot of times they have a preconceived notion or uh, misconceptions about what the reverse mortgage product does or, or how it works. And those are oftentimes too hard to get erased or, or from their mindset. So, but when we hire people that have no understanding of what a reverse is, um, we can really train them and educate them with a blank slate. And uh, that has been very, very good for us. And we get them licensed and, you know, within three to six months, they're up and running and they're originating for us. Great. Yeah, that's, that sounds like a good uh, approach to take, especially considering the priorities that you guys want to put on uh, on the new people that you bring in. Um, I guess the only just kind of winding down, what does NCAR have cooking for the rest of the year? Is there anything you can share? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we're working um, uh, wholesale. We kind of put our wholesale plans on uh, hold for a little bit towards the end of the year uh, with just, you know, everything going the way it was going. Uh, but that now with pricing coming back and with secondary responding a little bit better to our bid tapes, um, we are excited to continue that endeavor and, and keep going down that path. Um, we plan on developing some core technology that we think will make it easier for consumers, clients, uh, financial professionals to understand how reverses work, uh, how they can qualify people, show them you know what it would take to to get qualified. Um, so some pretty cool calculators that we should be putting out later this year. Um, and, and those are are just a few of the things that we're working on here at NCAR. But that's probably the the biggest project is that is just you know getting out there uh, to re reverse professionals and you know, sharing with them another option that, or giving them another option of, of where to send their business. Mm -hmm. Certainly. Yeah. Well, please be sure to keep me updated, uh, so that we can, you know, give it, give it the attention it needs when, when new developments take place. Always appreciate the chance. Anything I miss? Is there any final thoughts you want to share about the industry or your company that I haven't asked you? Uh, I mean, I think the reverse is a great business. I think we're still in the right place at the right time. Um, I mean, this is a cleansing of sorts right now what's happening. Uh, so a lot of uh, the people that aren't dedicated to this career are kind of leaving um, and we'll be back to just the core people uh, in, in maybe just another few months. And um, But I, I think the demand is still there. I think this business is still a great business. I think we're um, you know, just at the cusp of what the reverse mortgage business can become. Um, so still very, very low market penetration and still a huge demand. I mean, the more I sit down with seniors outside of, of my work environment, so uh, just my uncles, my aunts, my grandparents, my parents, um, I, I just see how beneficial this thing can be. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of times our industry focuses on um, those that need it um, and really this product is, is good even for the people that don't need it. Uh, it's such a great tool for even people that have their house paid off um, as like a line of credit, a guaranteed line of credit. Uh, it can work as a tax savings tool for people that are affluent or wealthy. Um, so, I mean, this is just, it, it really is a product that should be offered to everybody age 62 and older um, and something that should be considered. Um, so, and, and I think that's where we're headed. So I think that, again, stick with it, stay strong. Uh, you know, I think we're, we're going to make it as an industry and, and we're going to, we're going to surpass our numbers in 2021, 2022. So things will get better. Excellent. Well, Omar, thank you so much for taking the time to join me on this episode of the RMD podcast. Really appreciate you taking it. No, my pleasure, Chris. It's fun. Yeah, good. Glad Take to care. hear it. Thank you. And uh, of course, thanks to uh, all of the people who tuned in on HW Plus Circle. And uh, we will see you, I'm sure, again very soon. Thank you very much. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of the RMD Podcast. Again, I want to extend my appreciation to Omar Inabe for being so generous with his time to discuss the state of the reverse mortgage industry in these early months of 2023. For more news and insights on the reverse mortgage industry, be sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at reversemortgagedaily.com. If you haven't already, subscribe to the RMD podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast content. I'm Chris Clow, and this has been a production of HW Media. The RMD podcast is produced by Elissa Branch. Be sure to come back for an all-new episode very soon. See you next time.